0: Welcome to an Encore edition of Ethics and the Naval Warrior. We are wrapping up our winter series on resilience, perseverance, grit, and humility. What better way to do that than to revisit our talk from a year ago with former Navy EOD officer Brad Snyder. When we spoke last year, Brad was a fellow at the Stockdale Center. Today, he is studying for his PhD at Princeton University. Welcome to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, in the Stockdale Center at the Naval Academy. My guest today is Brad Snyder. Brad graduated from the Naval Academy. He was also a captain of the swim team. Snyder commissioned as an Explosive Ordnance Disposal Officer. He was injured in September 2011. Brad, why don't you take it from there?
1: Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I graduated in 2006 and was injured in 2011 Uh, And as you can imagine, uh, that was a pretty traumatic instance for myself and my family. We learned uh, about three weeks after my incident that I would be totally blind as a result of the blast. Uh, But my experience was that I had thought that I had died on the battlefield. So when the surgeons told me and Walter Reed that, unfortunately, they wouldn't be able to save my vision, while that was a a blow to some extent, it was, we were able to put it back into perspective and say, I was really thankful to still be alive. And that really was how I felt. A lot of people who have heard my story or uh, look at me as a, an inspiration, I suppose, they think that the narrative is that I conquered blindness. And in essence, I I sort of conquered death in a certain way. Um, but that was a really powerful perspective to maintain throughout that process. Uh, but despite that, I, I was really inundated by a lot of folks really saddened and, and, uh, you know, their, their prevailing reaction to my injury was that of pity. They couldn't imagine what my life was going to be like without my vision. Uh, they imagined that you know I would ha- I would no longer be able to serve in the way that I had served before, and uh, I, I didn't I, I didn't really want to in, in, indulge in a victim mentality. So I really wanted to find a way to show as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, that I was going to be okay. And I said it a number of times, but I realized pretty quickly that can say something until you're blue in the face, but until people see it, they're probably not likely to believe it. Thankfully, around that time, someone was quick to say that I was lucky to be injured in a Paralympic year, and I was able to return to the pool and uh, had the opportunity to represent Team USA in London in the 2012 Paralympic Games, was able to win a gold medal on the exact year anniversary of the day I lost my vision in Afghanistan, uh, and it was an incredible moment. I've actually had the opportunity to go back to the Paralympics. Representing Team USA again in Rio, uh, I have five gold medals to my name, a world record, uh, and I documented it all in a, in a book that we wrote that came out in 2016 called Fire in My Eyes. And now I have the great pleasure of being back here at the Naval Academy to try to inspire and empower the future generation of Naval Naval and Marine Corps officers. And uh, I'm what they call the, the Resilient Warrior
0: Fellow here at the Stockdale Center right down the hall from you. Brad, that is one heck of a story, and you've packed in a lot—not <laughs> only the last couple of years, but in your life so far. And I know you have a lot more to do. Let's talk about this thing, resilience, because I'm having a problem understanding. You know, there's a lot of books out uh, nowadays: resilience, grit, perseverance. All what? What is what is resilience in your mind? Mm-hmm. The way I conceptualize resilience is the,
1: the the ability to withstand external stresses and either. Uh, you know, continue on the current course or maybe even improve as a result. That kind of gets into the, you mentioned resilience and grit. There's also that notion of anti-fragility by Nassim Taleb, which is probably my favorite version of this, though he balks at the word resilience. But I, I would equate it to health. You know, you're, when you consider yourself healthy, you're strong, you're capable, you're, you're eating the right things. That just basically means that if you were to sustain a small infection, you'd be able to fight it off. If you fell and broke your leg, you'd be able to, to sustain that injury and recover and get back to the, a normal function, that's the, the term of resilience to me is like how capable are you, are you to withstand some some version of adversity and get back to normal function.
0: That's a great definition. Let's take a real quick break and after the break we'll come back and I really want to dive into resilience and ethics. back with Brad Snyder. Man, you're packing a lot of things in here, Brad. Yeah, thank you. I try to stay stay busy. That's good. That's good. Let's talk about really the name of this podcast again, Ethics and Resilience. Can you tell me the connection between those two?
1: Yeah, for sure. So what I love about being back here at the Naval Academy is we really focus on those three critical domains, the moral, the mental, and the physical. Uh, and I think for us, the physical realm is an easy realm to start because we all really know how to conceptualize physical resilience. You know, if I want to get more fit uh, or more healthy or more resilient in the physical domain, what do I do? I train. So if I want to get better at push-ups, I do push-ups. I do more reps. If I want to get better at pull-ups, so on and so forth. If I want to get better at my swim, what do I have to do? I have to go to the pool. I have to spend time in the pool. I have to do the reps. And as I do those reps, my body's muscles break down a little bit, I eat the right nutrition, the body recovers, and then this magic thing happens that not only does it recover, but it actually gets stronger than it was before. That's how we conceptualize physical resilience. Um, My my idea on this is that 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 notion, that sort of cycle, applies in the other domains as well. Uh, If I want to become more mentally resilient, I have to do reps. I have to study things. I have to grow. I have to reflect. I have to read books. I have to uh, take tests and all that sort of stuff. Those cycles allow my brain to improve its ability to navigate difficult stresses, adversity, so on and so forth, uh, and and move forward and retain its normal function. Same thing in the moral domain. If I want to be able to continue to make the right choices and, and preserve my integrity, honor the institutions that I'm a part of. I have to sort of build that notion of moral resilience, and I have to do that through reps. I have to continually make right and wrong, make, make the right decisions, avoid the wrong decisions, uh, and sort of build up my notions of integrity, my notions of honor, and that notion of moral resilience. I become more moral resilient when I do the reps and improve my
0: ability to make the right decisions. Now, let me ask you this, then, because so I, I get it. I get it. So if I pump, pump iron, I get stronger. If I study more, I get smarter. How do i do reps moral reps so it's uh it's harder
1: right because there is a lot of places we can do our physical reps we can go over to mcdonough we can go to wesley brown we go to lejeune hall Um, there's it's harder to manifest an integrity challenge right but the naval academy does have a lot of just inherent structures to allow us to that that, or that, that that expose us to integrity challenges taps is a great example uh, we hear over and over and over again about this, the, the example of someone signing taps for another person or someone uh, touching going because they want to go out and have a couple more hours downtown, whatever it is. Uh, in, in the grand scheme of integrity challenges, it's a relatively small one. It doesn't have substantial consequences beyond one midshipman or another. It doesn't seem like a big deal signing your name on this little piece of paper. Um, oftentimes, no one's even going to know about it. So it is, is it even a big deal? Um, if you approach this moral resilience notion from a, from the notion of reps, it becomes critically important. It's an opportunity for you to develop your integrity, to develop your moral resilience. And by doing the wrong thing in that situation, you've just now tossed away that rep. So I think that if you're, if you buy into this notion of moral resilience and you want to do the reps, uh, the hard part is you can't manifest those reps for yourself. They're probably going to come about organically. The challenge is to identify those situations as opportunities to improve your moral res- resilience and do the right thing, even though maybe it doesn't seem like that big of a deal at the time. And if you do that over time, you build up this notion of moral resilience and it's incredibly important here because uh, when you go out into the fleet, you're gonna face major integrity challenges with significant consequences. And I, I would put out that uh, you're not gonna be as moral resilient in those uh, high stress situations if you haven't already built up some notion of moral resilience by doing the small things correct.
0: So I think you have another book that I'd like to read, and that is uh, Brad's Moral Rep Workout. Yes. And my sense here is just because I sign into TAPS properly, I would do that anyway or, or not. But you're saying plan those as workouts. Plan those as tasks, challenges, just like you do a bench or just like you do lap pull-ups or whatever.
1: For sure. And I like the word opportunities as well. It's an opportunity to make yourself better. And I think if you adopt this mentality early on, especially in your career, I think you can probably speak for this too. Uh, Throughout your career, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to develop yourself, uh, gain some knowledge, improve your career, network, meet with some influential people. If you adopt the mentality early on that you want to take advantage of every opportunity, uh, then that's also a way to contextualize these reps. I don't want to throw away an opportunity to make myself better. I want to make the most of this experience. Whether it's a small thing or a big thing, it's all going to contribute to this grander notion of moral resilience.
0: Brad, listen, I appreciate the time we were able to spend today. This is outstanding. What I'd like to do is come back and talk a little bit more uh, later on and kind of dive in uh, more deeply into the concept of moral resilience and reps. Let's do this again. Thanks, Brad. You got it. I'm not far away. You've been listening to the Stockdale Minute, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership, at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts.